listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Pharmacy Podcast Nation. If you haven't been listening in to what's coming in the world of podcasting, goodness gracious, it has really changed in the last 13 years. Pharmacists leading our uh, audio publications. So many of you are now commenting back to our network um, inside and outside the network. There are pharmacists out there doing amazing things that um, they are developing infographs, white papers, they're participating in journal um, articles, and of course, podcasting. And the NACDS, the National Association of Chain Drug Stores, the leading trade organization dedicated to our micro chains, our regional chains, our, our national chains, and even having influence from a global perspective. And once again, pharmacist leading. Um, and my Hair stands on end when I get excited talking about pharmacists. Well, guess what? We have one of the executive leaders, the Senior Vice President of Reimbursement Innovation and Advocacy at the National Association of Chain Drug Stores with us, Dr. Christy Bote. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast, Christy. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Me too. Holy cow. What a time. I... I entered, many of our listeners know, entered pharmacy in 2004 in the world of institutional pharmacy technology and even just the segment of how we care for seniors has drastically changed of how many extra services, community, long-term care consultancy, specialty pharmacy is playing into just the senior care segment, not even to mention um, research artificial intelligence, technology development. But the NACDS has really delivered and served the pharmacy profession, knowing the specialty needs of what it is to run regional, national, and like I said, micro chains. And I wanna just kick this off with a little bit about yourself. Um, one of my favorite providers, a pharmacist that's in association leadership. Tell our pharmacy podcast listeners about yourself, Christy, and and your role at the NACDS. Sure, absolutely. So I have been with NACDS for 14 years and I am a pharmacist by training and education. Um, I graduated from Xavier University of Louisiana College of Pharmacy um, many years ago, actually May 2000. And after graduation, I actually practiced pharmacy with a few of our NACDS's members. I, I've been with uh, CVS, Walgreens, Rite Aid, Walmart, and that was not only as a pharmacist, but also as an intern and a pharmacy student. And from there, I made my way into policy by working for the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, working with their drug uh, rebate program. And from there, I also did a little bit of quality measurement development for CMS and then working with Cigna as a part of their Medicare plan, and then landed with NACDS where I focus on the reimbursement portfolio. Um, you mentioned uh, all of the services that pharmacies provide and pharmacists provide, but in addition to providing those services, there has to be a viable pathway 
for pharmacists to get paid for those services. So my primary responsibility is not to just focus on reimbursement for prescription drugs across all payer types, but also working on viable pathways and long-term viable pathways for reimbursement for services. Um, and when I say services, I'm talking about, let's just think about what's here in front of us, COVID. Yeah. Vaccine administration, and now with um, the prescribing and assessment of Paxlovid, making sure that pharmacists are being paid for those services. So working at the federal and state level on payment pathways and reimbursement for pharmacies and uh, pharmacy services. That's awesome. I love hearing that because here's the thing. We know the world out there of pharmacy and even how from an international, and I mentioned that you're you're having an impact internationally. The there are there are several country organizations mm-hmm. who are looking to um, the United States in the different segments and sectors of pharmacy care, and really how to navigate and best use what has worked in the in the U.S. and and maybe learning for what hasn't worked because nothing's perfect. But what is exciting to me is that you are already out there looking at, hey, point of care testing in community pharmacy, um, pharmacogenomics, uh, blood testing. Uh, what about um, you know, other DME services that are, are really supplementing um, the only place that a person goes in their community for you know, health care, goodness gracious, is primarily the pharmacy. Even though they see their primary care and their specialists, they're, they're coming to one of our uh, national, regional, or micro chains. So, what do you think differentiates that chain store pharmacist and understanding the tremendous, by the way, thick skin that they have developed over the years in comparison to someone in specialty who's never had to deal with the public like our, one of our, you know, chain uh, drug stores have really trained drug store pharmacists who have understood the dynamic and the stress and the other elements that you get in community chain pharmacy that you never see in consultant pharmacy when you're meeting with a nurse administrator and maybe someone in a long-term care nursing home and even the family member, that's a different environment than being in a retail environment. It's, it's drastically different. So your mind frame of those pharmacists that the NAACDS serve, you've learned a lot about that sector of pharmacy. And I'm wondering, how do you think point of care testing is going to fold into and become part of the services that certain communities drastically and desperately need to extract from their pharmacies because of the demand? So I'll start with saying the stress level, or I, I don't necessarily think it's a stress level, but when you think about it, you know, we say that 90% of Americans, which is a fact, live within five miles of the pharmacy. What that translates into and why that number is so important is because your community pharmacists, chain or, or even if it's independent, they are most often the first point of contact. Yeah. Um, and, and when I say the first point of contact, you know, even as a parent and as a patient myself and a pharmacist, the first person and being a pharmacist, the first person that anyone goes to, sore throat, a rash, mosquito bite, is the pharmacist. But they're most often the last point of contact too. 
Because even after you visit your physician and your physician prescribes your medication, be it electronic or you have to actually bring the prescription in, the pharmacist is the last person that you see before you take your health care into your own hands and go home. The pharmacist counsels you on the proper use of that medication to make sure that as a patient, you go home, use it properly and safely. So the pharmacist kind of, that is the place of health care where most consumers and patients are most comfortable. That being said, I think that we, you know, I, I, I go to COVID, but you think about the story and what the, the proven value of pharmacy and what COVID has laid out for the future of pharmacy. And throughout the COVID pandemic, pharmacy story has only strengthened. Since the earliest days of the pandemic, pharmacies and pharmacy teams work with dedication and experience and the expertise to meet patients' day-to-day needs and to deliver you know, equitable access to COVID-19 testing, vaccination, and therapeutics. One of the facts that is, is that normal consumers may not be aware of is that pharmacists and pharmacy staff have administered more than 258 million COVID-19 vaccines to date. You think about the early days of when the vaccine became available and the supply issues and where it was available. And once pharmacies were able to get involved fully, 258 million vaccines to date. That is about two out of every three COVID vaccines doses being provided at a pharmacy. And then you look at 70% of pharmacy testing sites are located in areas with moderate to severe vulnerability. So not only are they major points of care, but you're also, your community pharmacies are also addressing the equity issue. COVID has raised healthcare awareness in those who would have not, or they were not healthcare conscious prior to the pandemic. But once the pandemic hit, the first point of contact in some of these areas was, it was the pharmacist. So, you're looking at a future of an industry that pharmacists have always been there, but we have somewhat stepped to the line, delivered, and continue to deliver because now you, you can't dial it back. Yeah. You no. can't. And the funny thing about it is COVID is where we are now. It's the here and now. But before COVID, pharmacies and access to equitable care has been ongoing way before now with H1N1 and before, and the role of pharmacies in delivering critical health and wellness needs to the American public, is, is it has a long history and it's a proven fact that pharmacies can and will be there to continue that. And with point of care testing, like I said, 70% of pharmacy testing sites were located in moderate, in areas of moderate and severe vulnerability. So. I think that the comfort level is there, the facts are there, the access is there, the equity is there. Um, it, it can only get better. I, I don't see how we dial it back and make it worse. I, I agree. It's exciting when you are prefacing a big portion of what I wanted to talk to you about today. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention actually released a a paper commentary inside their publications that was titled Community Pharmacists Contribute Contributions to Disease Management During the COVID-19 Pandemic. And this was a internal study 
as to the effectiveness of our community pharmacists throughout the United States in helping to get out um, the vaccines in a in a fluid, repeatable, consistent manner that um, why it didn't surprise you and I. I mean, take us, you and I, and the rest of our profession. Um, they know that point of care testing had been taken place. Of course, it wasn't certainly at the level it is today. And talk about not being able to dial it back. Like for this point forward, birth control, uh, specialty in HIV and hep C, specialty in transitions of care for our transgender populations and all this, all these specific treatments, vaccines, um, you know, immunization preparation for travel. Like people are like, oh, my pharmacy, my community pharmacy, my my Kroger, my Giant Eagle, my my Walgreens, my Rite Aid. Like they're they're these places that I can go. I'm well aware of. I go there anyway. I didn't realize I could get my flu shot here. I didn't realize I could get my immunizations before I go to Paris. I I didn't realize that I could talk to my pharmacist about birth control and how that may become much easier for a family to bring their 14-year-old daughter who's known that pharmacist in their community since they were little, used to maybe get a lollipop or something from them. And there's that relationship. There's that trust there. And Christy, that's why I believe that pharmacists are trusted like they are in their communities because they're, duh, they're, they're a part of their communities. No, absolutely. They're a part of the communities. And I think what had to happen you know, I've looked at COVID. I was like, okay, we have to look at it one way and then another way in all its ugliness and everything that it challenged the healthcare system with. It shed some light on the fact that pharmacists are not here to take take away from physicians. We're here to supplement. Absolutely. Um, it, 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 it was very hard for us to catch up with everything that COVID was throwing at us and the, the healthcare community had to figure out a way to supplement and, and meet the needs of patients. And the desperation of patients and the fear that patients had and, and the need to, you know, all of the misinformation and all of the miseducation and everything that was swirling around in the universe at the beginning of the vaccine and everything that was going on, pharmacists were able to step in, level the playing field, put accurate information out and ease those fears. And it was easing fears because patients already had relationships with their pharmacists for their other medication needs. But to be able to go to that place of comfort and speak to someone who you already had a relationship with and get the, the information that you need, it further established a trust that was already there. And then for patients to realize, I don't think, you know, we're out there and we're we're advocating for farm expanded scope of practice and provider status for pharmacists, but how that translates to what the patient understands has now become a fact and it is now in front of the patient and understand, hey, I can actually fully utilize my pharmacist as a healthcare destination for healthcare services. And I can do it at six o'clock in the evening 
when I get off work or nine o'clock in the evening when I get off work, they're totally accessible and I don't have, they're readily accessible and I don't have to worry about missing something else to make an appointment or not being able to get an appointment. My pharmacist is there and can treat me. And I think that that was the real, it had to happen. As horrible as COVID is, it had to happen for patients to get over that last hurdle. The trust was there. Now let's get over that last hurdle of really knowing how much pharmacists can do and the value of the services they can provide. Amen. I love it. I love, I love it. I love the passion that you have, but I also like the focus that you have. And you've been able to see it from a historical perspective because of your time here layering after layering year after year of of inching closer to the pharmacy capability of what we know our pharmacists are capable of the education has expanded it's now you know the PharmD, um which was different than you know 20 years ago um and and now all of that experience that our original registered pharmacists have is pouring into the next generation pharmacists coming to prepare us for the future of our what 56 or 87 billion baby boomers or whatever that number is and and just um understanding that the role of the pharmacist must expand i must expand i really don't we don't have the time today but boy i'm excited to to be engaged with you and getting you on the program because we have to have you back and i really want to focus on in the future we want to talk about um the way that pharmacists will be paid in the future won't necessarily be attached to, to just an NDC or a prescription number. It will actually give pharmacists the opportunity to do other things that they're being given the, the treatment ball in the world. I love football analogies. And our quarterbacks, our physicians just passed the ball to that wide receiver or handed it off to our running back pharmacists. And knowing that they need to push that treatment goal forward um, and in taking the responsibility to give their expertise within that specific treatment and understanding that that's consultancy and that's insight and that's understanding and that's titration and that's I mean you and I I could talk to you for another two hours Christy it would I would love it well I will tell you this you mentioned TSE and you mentioned beyond you know reimbursement and payment beyond just paying for the pill um, and NACDS has an initiative called NACDS 20, 2023. And NACDS 2023 is a strategic approach where we reflect um, NACDS chain and supply members. It's their far reaching focus on health and wellness through the pharmacy, throughout multidisciplinary approaches to care, throughout the store, and throughout community collaboration. This initiative will be discussed in greater detail during um, our NACDS Institute program at the TSE in Boston. But I will tell you that through NACDS 2023, NACDS is looking ahead to new and creative ways to advance health and wellness and to serve the NACDS membership with a focus on the total store and the total person. So that touches on not just prescription here, but going beyond the counter and doing broader health and wellness, but also looking at exactly what you're saying, those payment pathways. And that also does dovetails with, you know, our 
our efforts on the Hill, where we talk about the Equitable Community Access to Pharmacy Services Act, which is focused on, it's a bipartisan piece of legislation, where we focus on um, efforts that would help ensure the continuity of accessible pharmacy-based care during public health emergencies and every day. So giving pharmacy and recognizing pharmacists as providers and making sure that they can continue to do what they did in COVID and beyond. Excellent. I want to hear about it. We want to talk about it on the show and, and get more of our pharmacists who rely on podcasting as they're commuting and chopping vegetables or exercising <laughs> and really wanting to catch up into, into the space of um, think about it, it's reaching our public more than any other sector of pharmacy. Um, pharmacists are reaching the public more through community pharmacy and our, our retail or micro chains or regional chains um, than any other sector. And it's, it's so important to know that there's an organization and association helping to drive pharmacist mission and roll forward. Tomorrow happens here is the theme of our NA, NACDS TSE Total Store Expo tomorrow happens here. Um, Christy, I am so proud that uh, the Pharmacy Podcast Network will be in attendance um, helping with press and uh, just a shout out to the NACDS team. Uh, Kathleen, a shout out to you for helping us to put this interview together with Christy. Um, we are ready. We are ready to cover and we are ready to serve and to be an amplifier of your organization and what you're doing to serve public health and those people who need our services more than others who are in those pharmacy deserts and don't have access to maybe a, a pharmacy is that maybe they have to get on a bus and take a, a seven mile you know trip. And if you're in downtown Manhattan, you can imagine um, sometimes even a one mile trip, how long that can take and, and try to make it as easy as possible. But I'm thrilled, um, so proud that, that you were able to uh, give us a small preface of the upcoming event in Boston. And we can't wait to see you there. No, thank you. Excited. and can't wait to see you there, too. Some good stuff ahead. So thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And a shout out to our pharmacist. If you haven't registered for the event, we will have a show note, a link that will take you right to the registration for the NACDS Total Store Expo 2022. And if you want to uh, hook up with the Pharmacy Podcast Network, please just either tweet us, use Instagram. We're on LinkedIn. We're everywhere. And let us know that you'd like to speak with us and give your insights in the future of, of our pharmacists and our roles as once again, tomorrow happens here at the T at the TSE, the total store expo of the NACDS uh, 2022.